I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow geeks sit in front of microphones to find where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. This is episode 98. 98. And it is a Christmas miracle. Woo! Some beep, 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 sleigh bells. Sleigh bells, then bells, like they bells. do in all the Christmas songs now. Bells. and bing, ding, 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 Yeah, and, and Chauncey. And Chauncey. Just twinkling in the Chilling. air. Streaking across the sky, leaving yeah. glitter. Chimes playing. <laughs> You always know, hey, that you can either tell it's Chauncey or Fleetwood Mac song if there's chimes in the background. <laughs> Chauncey and Fleetwood Mac, big proponents of chimes. Yeah. And they music. It, it's got to come back. I'm, I'm saying that's what 2018, chimes will come back. <laughs> that's your, call? That's yep. your call for 2018? That's my call for 2018. Chimes. Nothing else. Back in a big way. Definitely chimes. Chimes. Though. So it's a Christmas episode. It is. Y'all are out there doing your thing on Christmas. You ain't going to listen to this episode. You get to this episode sometime in like mid-January, but that's fine. We understand. It's you have all right. It's okay. So we'll be here waiting for you. You yeah. know what else will be waiting for you? What? All 97 other episodes of this podcast. That's true. You know, just, you, they just sit there. They just sit there. They're just waiting. They're on call. You know where you can get them? Where? SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. That sounds super easy. That is where they live. It's so easy. You just go there. You hit follow notification every time a new episode goes live great is there any other way i can get episodes there's an easier way caitlin what mine oh my below. god if you click a button that says subscribe on soundcloud you will go to apple podcasts when you're at apple podcasts if you'd like to take a moment to tap a four or five star review for this program that would make us happy it would make us very happy a very acceptable christmas gift that costs you nothing nothing just just the use of a finger for the hours of entertainment we bring you month in and month out but then when you're done leaving that review, you click one more button that says subscribe. That's it. That's it? That is it. That's ridiculous. And off in the distance, in a palatial manner, a tiny elf named Chauncey receives a missive on the wings of an owl, letting him know that a new listener has subscribed to the Geek Down podcast. And Amazing. It's, and it's time to get to work. That is very magical. Because you know what he does? What? He gathers all those episodes of Geek Down. Santa does this shit once a year. Chauncey does it 52 weeks a year, every Tuesday, sometimes more. He's just out there in these streets, these skies, mashing episodes of the Geek Down directly into your fucking ear hole. But nicely. Nicely. But politely. It, yeah. Almost, almost like, not not quite sexually, because we don't want to no, go there. But no. like, it, but it's sort of like a caress, like a mother's caress. <laughs> but it all of a sudden, bloop, it you know, shows up in your ear hole. I, re- I read recently that there is a, um, somebody was asking about the trope in anime sometimes, about like where... Uh, girls or anybody really rests their head in the lap of someone else. Right. And where that really comes from. Like, see it all the time. What is that? Um, apparently, I don't know why, earwax in Asia and Japan is different. You have a weird look on your face. This is going to come around, I swear. Okay. It's a, I, first of all, I don't like earwax. So. I might have got this off Quora, but like in, okay. in, in Japan and in Asian countries, it's more crumbly, I guess. It's not like the pasty, waxy stuff that we have. Whether that's diet or atmosphere, I don't know. But basically, in Asia and Japan, I know Achan from Perfume actually is all about this as well. There's like these long hooks that you use to like kind of scrape wax out of the ears. And parents will often do this to their children. And to do that, 
the child has to rest their head on the lap of somebody, of the mom. Yeah. Who will then lightly kind of like get the wax out of the kid's ear that's kind of collected there. This is both like comforting because it's a mother and also absolutely vile. Interesting and disgusting. Um, I really don't like ear. I don't like earwax and snot. It's like my. There are things that I just. I think there are people out there who like are going to go to bat for that, Kate. I'm yeah, but I'm like, just. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm done with the geek down. I mean, I'm pro snot. Some people are like, oh, like vomit makes me want to vomit, or gross food, or maggots. For me, it's it's earwax and it's snot. I mean, I don't like it, but I'm going to get that good farmer blow in the shower sometimes. And you. Know. Oh gosh! Oh no! No! Have a look at your Blah. have a look at your handiwork. Ugh. You're like. Meh. Um, point being, that's disgusting. That's why anime characters rest their heads in the laps of other people. It's to be like you know a comfort thing, a symbol of comfort or like the comforting relationship between the two people that they're that comfortable with each other to do that. Anyway, that's what Chauncey delivering episodes of the Geek Down is like. Great. It's like a Japanese mother gently scooping earwax out of your ear and replacing it with the hottest of takes. I mean, I guess that's comforting and nice in its gross way. Kind of like, just kind of like our episode, our episodes, right? Like they just, they're kind of weird, but comforting. <laughs> they're gross, but comforting? Yeah. The geek down. Gross, but, but comforting. comforting. Yeah. Um, speaking of comforting. Yes. Uh, you know what uh, is super comforting? So, so many things. Uh, social media. <laughs> for many people out there. Mm. <laughs> Do you know how I know bad, this? Bad year for, so, for social media in, uh, <laughs> in 2017. But. Except... Except when sometimes you, you know, can't get to see your family or your friends and you want to connect with them, a great way to do that, social media. True. You know, just tell them what's going on. Message them, Facebook them. That's true. You can... Facebook Messenger is the primary method I speak to my mother with, so... There you go. See? I'm not all wrong all the time. Um, <laughs> say you were. <laughs> well, lots of people think I am. They think I'm I'm crazy, and Those I. Those people are stupid. They are stupid. Also, are you stupid a lot? I think we talked about this. Talked yeah, about this last week. Yeah. And now, um, all I can hear is every time I go, "That's stupid." Stupid. You really lean in on the S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. But anyways, there Socials. are lots. There are lots of ways yeah. that you can be comforted by us or comfort us if please, you like. Please comfort us. <laughs> During the holiday season um, and beyond, we got uh, Twitter. Yeah, we do. At GeekdownPod. Yeah. We've got Instagram at GeekdownPod. Yes. Uh, We've got our Gmail account, Mm -hmm. which is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yes. And then finally, we've got Facebook. Yes, we do. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. And those are those are the main ways. Uh, also, Carrier Pigeon. And uh, if you see Chauncey, you can definitely be like, hey, Chauncey, deliver this message to Caitlin. Chauncey doesn't really talk to Jordan. But, like, don't look him right in the eye. Definitely use, like, Mariah Carey rules if you're going to approach Chauncey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Try to maintain, like, a solely white room, white candles, and no eye contact. No. Yeah, and also have, like, a bowl of just the blue M&Ms on, the, on your counter. <laughs> Mariah Carey rules is not my joke. It's actually a joke Caitlin once used to describe how people should approach me. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I still sometimes definitely... Definitely approach oh, it that way. Jordan's going to be there? Yes. However. <laughs> well, I mean, people will say... Mariah Carey rules. People will say, like, how's Jordan? And I'm always like, Jordan's Jordan? Um, Jordan's good, I guess. I guess. Uh, and also, don't make direct eye contact <laughs> if you can help it. Those are basically... That's how Jordan is. That's how we roll. Yeah. But there is definitely a way you can make Jordan happy. <laughs> 
Yes. And that is visiting Patreon. If you would like to support this endeavor, you can find out how at patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Yeah. Good times. All the information is there. You can support this endeavor for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $25 a month, or the Misha special. $3. $3 a month. And he shared the secret. He did. I do not remember what it entailed. But I believe it's just you put in that you want to support <laughs> you the pick, podcast you pick for like $3. The, you pick the $1. <laughs> You pick the $1 menu option and then put three. Yeah. It's basically, it's very simple and we're silly. The point is we made a joke once that for as many people as support this podcast uh, for $3 a month, yeah. your name will be added to the Misha special. So it'll be the Misha Karen. <laughs> Helen Daphne Roy special. Who are these people? Who do you know? Do you know anyone named Daphne? That doesn't work in pornography? No. I mean, hey, we'll take people who work like we're just like um, we're a podcast for everyone. Open opportunity podcast. Yeah, like sex workers. No please, we Absolutely. support your rights and doing good work. And your right to support this podcast financially. Yes, patreon.com slash geekdownpod. All the information about how you can support this endeavor is there. Twenty eighteen year of the mixer. I'm calling it. Yeah, got to happen. It's got to happen. Got to get some fresh blood around here. Hey. <laughs> Wow! I meant myself as much, as much as anything else. I don't, know, I don't know if people can handle another year of us just yipping at each other <laughs> and run out of stories. But I have a story today, Kate. Oh, really? Longtime listeners know. You know. I know. We deal in takes around here. Oh, yeah. Oftentimes, the takes, the takes are hot. Although, to be fair, um, the actual term hot take... We don't really, really deal out hot takes. Hot takes are, like, deliberately contrarian. Yes. Like, when you want to say that, like, I don't know. If you want to say that, like, keeping with the theme of the episode today, if you're out there legitimately saying that Phantom Menace is better than A New Hope, that is a hot take. Well, it depends on how you set that up. Those would be hot takes. Those are hot takes. Uh, just being like, eh, I don't really fucks with Star Wars. That's not really a hot take. And what I'm about the story I'm about to tell isn't really a hot take. Although sometimes you know takes will burn you. Oh yeah, some takes will burn other people. Yeah, takes will burn yourself. You got to be careful be, with the you know, takes. Wear, wear your mitts when you're dishing out the takes. Yeah. And I got in the closest thing to an actual like argument, heated argument with someone recently. Uh huh. Over a take. <gasps> oh my gosh, what was it? Because I mentioned a distaste. For the movie Juno. Oh no. Caitlin, this is going to be Caitlin, actually epic. Caitlin. Yeah. What do you think of the movie Juno? I think the movie Juno's fine. But you don't have like a. You're not, you're not going to go to war for the movie Juno. No. She has a hamburger phone. <laughs> Cited as a point for Juno. Right. Well, that I she mean, has a hamburger phone. I mean, it's fun. I just. It's. You know, the movie's silly. It's a silly movie. And there are some good things in that movie, but it's not... I don't think the movie was revolutionary. I suspect there's a generation of young ladies out there... Yeah. ...who, if they were, like, 18, 17 to 19 when this movie came out, mm -hmm. is, like, transformative for them. Because the woman I was having an argument with about this mm -hmm. was, like, uh, 26, 27, maybe? Right. And, yeah, Juno came out in 2007. 2007, Which would okay. put this, you know, put these these women because there were a few of them who then piped in and was like it's my favorite movie uh, they were like 17 you know 16 17 when this movie came out right juno is the most overwritten piece of garbage 
garbage <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Jordan, why are you taking this so personally? Did you even see Juno? Juno? Yes. You know where I saw Juno? Where did you see Juno? In a theater, Caitlin. You went to a theater to see Juno? opening weekend. This movie had everyone I liked in it. Right. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Dwight. Yeah. Sorry, Dwight. I don't remember your name. Um, Jennifer Garner. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Allison Janney. Yep. Michael Sarah, fresh off of Superbad. Yeah. Love Superbad. I go on to watch this movie and it's like, what are you even saying? It's just these teenagers running around speaking like speaking dialogue that like an alien tr- who watched one episode of 90210 and then tried to write a teenage comedy. Like, do we forget that she says the phrase honest to blog at one point? That's not a phrase that's ever been said by anyone ever anywhere except in this movie. Right. This movie's garbage. <laughs> garbage. I didn't know you hated it so much. Despise it. You talk about twee sometimes. This movie is the biggest fucking piece of twee garbage in the world. Um, wow. <laughs> Actually in the world. From the like Wes Anderson knockoff like animated title cards to the use of like orange and white to like he's just eating orange Tic Tacs all the time. It's his habit. It's his addiction. What? What the fuck is that? Was that a character detail? It's supposed to suggest something about his life? I don't know. Fuck off with you. <laughs> wow. So angry. There was a hot stretch where at Major Canadian Retailer, they still played CDs. Yes. And they played the Juno soundtrack a lot. No, it's fine. I can deal with fucking Kimya Dawson yipping over a, you know, acoustic guitar. That's fine. There was one fucking song on there that I think if you want to know why you shouldn't like Juno, why Juno was bad. Okay. Objectively bad. Okay. It's the inclusion of this fucking song. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a brief listen to Vampire by Antsy Pants. my ass <laughs> so angry i wish i could get angry about stuff like you get angry about stuff and then like so i'm going on about the dialogue and how it's overwritten <laughs> and the moment where it was just h-bomb like i was basically kicking the garbage can just going like juno belongs in here that's where juno goes <laughs> tap tap juno belongs in the garbage can <laughs> and then the person i was debating with <laughs> uh came back with so what do you mean overwritten i was like nobody talks like that Nobody talks like that. So do you hate Gilmore Girls? Oh, no. Oh, no. At that moment, partially for effect to make people laugh, and also just my own opinion, I went, of course I hate Gilmore Girls! (laughs) And, like, yelled, and that was the moment. It was like, ooh, I should probably go out and touch base. (laughs) Wow. sure things are good as the takes takes were flying. Wow. Be careful with them takes. Yeah. Uh, but to anyone listening to this who's wondering what my lady co-host thought, she's meh. Yeah. I I mean, Juno's fine. Like, it, it was, again, it didn't, like, rewrite how I thought about movies. And I did think it was a little overrated, but that's because everyone was, like, freaking out about it. Meanwhile, I was like, there are so many other better movies out there that you could freak out about. Like, um, I went out, everyone I liked was in this movie, and I watched it. You know what? This is probably the movie that made me stop going to see movies in the movie theater. <laughs> I think we can probably trace it all, all the fucking way back to Juno. Um, I always have to ask senior correspondent if he needs to see the movie he wants to see in the theater. <laughs> I'm like, 
is this a theater movie or is this a Netflix when it gets released on that Netflix movie? Most movies are not theater movies. It's true. Basically, we reserve theater movies for like Marvel and Dis- and um, uh, some Disney and I think we saw Moana in the theaters and uh, uh, Star Wars. And like I know a lot of people who are like, oh, the magic of you're in that little isolation chamber. It's just you in the movie. I don't care. I don't care. I have no romanticism to the movie going experience. I just. I guess just me. I actually like was going to buy, like I had put money aside to like buy snacks for seeing Star Wars. And I got up there and snacks were like more than the movie Mm. price. And I went, oh no. (laughs) No, no. No. We didn't have time to go to the Dollarama and get Twizzlers. I'm just not having anything. Just, I can last. Hey, update. In there, Kate saw Star Wars. Oh, yes. So yes. We'll, we'll get to that a little later. I said last week, and by you listening to this episode, you can now just see it's the, uh, it's the Christmas Miracles episode. Yes. So I finally watched Star Wars, but, and, but we'll get into that in the back half of the show. Yeah. Spoilers uh, probably going to be flying. So, oh, I mean, oh, spoilers <laughs> happy, are just... Happy holidays now, because yeah. y'all going to be out. Yeah, you should definitely see, um, especially like at the end, we're going to talk about me seeing um, The Last Jedi. You should definitely watch The Last Jedi before you listen to this episode, because I am just going to like, yeah. Oh, you're like Jordan and you don't care and you read like all the spoiler articles like the day after, the day after they hit? Yeah. Fine. Um, yeah. It's the holiday season. I have no time to do anything. Nope. I feel like I'm basically, I'm getting the fuck out. Come Thursday. Thursday, I think I'm out of here. That's pretty good. Um, and then we'll be gone for about a week, chilling at the homestead with mom and dad. Um I'm just saying, uh, parent, your parents don't. Uh, how hard is it for you to buy presents for your parents at this point? Uh, we don't do presents anymore, right? Because um, my parents are basically just like, like we don't, we don't, we don't need anything. We my, don't care. Like, my mom likes doing the stocking for us, and I like getting the stocking stuff. It's all like things that I need, like lip chap, and she. We have a tradition of putting like mandarin oranges in there, and like we were looking that up at work the other night, apparently, because you know they do stuff for the staff. Right. Around Christmas time and there was like, you know, like a crate of clementines and it's like, what's with the oranges? And it's like, well, apparently that's a thing at Christmas. It's a Christmas thing. Apparently. Um, Because uh, for many families, for many, 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 many generations, the only time you could get oranges was at Christmas time. Mm. Um, And it was a super treat because they were so expensive because you were hauling them up from God knows where. Yeah. Um, And yeah. And plus vitamin C. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Don't want to get scurvy. Um, (laughs) And trust me, if you were Scottish... It, there was a good chance you could possibly get scurvy was a possibility. Um, so yeah, uh, mom likes doing that, but we like my sister and I don't, we don't give each other presents and our, my family's just like not, we just don't do the present thing anymore because it was getting too stressful and we're all really poor. So there you go. Woo. Um, poverty. <laughs> <laughs> shout out for poverty. Woo. Never shout out for poverty. Um, but, you know, my parents are, they're both retired at this point. It's just kind of like, if we want something, we get it. Like, we don't, yeah. it doesn't need to be Christmas. We're not, they're, I mean, they're not soups af, but they're like, you know, soups af. They're, they're not, you know, as regularly poverty stricken as their son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't really have to like finance for, you know, three months if they want to go buy something more than $150. They just like, do we have enough money for this? Yeah. All right, let's go get it. And I do think like really the focus of Christmas should be seeing people. It's just what I keep getting all the time. It's like, oh, we just want you here. You know, you're going to be here. That's our gift. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, fine. I'll just fucking save my money and roll in with a bow on my head. Like, <laughs> eat all your food. I have a bow for you. <laughs> eat, you all, eat all your food and uh, do my laundry at your house. <laughs> um, but finally got them to cop to like a few things they might want. <laughs> That's the best thing. Do you know what my father wants? 
Oh, what did your father want? It's 2017. My father wants a selfie stick. <laughs> I like your dad. I've never met him, but I like him. Um, my father has a flip phone. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand. I didn't either, and finally, you know, got the sp- sp- got the clarity that he's going to use my mom's phone. My mom's phone is like a Samsung Galaxy like <laughs> four, like it's like a five year old phone. But dad, dad wants a selfie stick, so. Hey, good Dad, on them. Dad's getting a selfie stick. I just yeah. love that. It's 2017. My 67-year-old father wants a wants a selfie stick. It's good times. Good times. So yeah, I had my one social outing that I'm like <laughs> going to have before I go home, basically. Friend of mine, friend of the show, we uh, perused the uh, the Harry's dinner menu yes. over at Harry's Charbroiled. Pretty good. I just had like a standard, you know, like burger with extra shit on it. Right. Um, super juicy, super soft bun leaked all over my sweatshirt. It's your own fault. And I smelled of hamburger grease for the rest of the night, which I mean is not a bad thing necessarily. But I, also because it's vegan. I wouldn't like my uh, hamburger juice. <laughs> isn't that what you said? Did, isn't it all vegan? Not Harry's. Oh, Harry's. They. Oh, sorry. I was thinking uh, uh, the place we went. No, we did not go there. Although the diner mythology yeah. next door. It's like so expensive. Ooh. It's like seventeen dollars. Oh on no, average. That's a little much. That's a little much. I'll take my fifteen dollar, uh, you know, banquet burger at Harry's with a uh, bottle of Export because when in Rome, oh, wow, when in Rome, right? Well, they didn't have OV. That would have been they had old Vienna. That's the sorry. These are cheap ass beers uh, available throughout Ontario. Is that was their export from like the nineteen eighties? <laughs> like, are they trying to like get rid of them? Their selections are like Export fifty. Oh. My. Ow. Really keeping with that dive aesthetic oh, that Harry's nice. is rocking with, and I appreciate it. And man, if you haven't had a Molson Export in a while, friends, uh, wow! It's basically Canada's PBR. Starts <laughs> off awesome, the temperature dips below, dips above like thirty-five <laughs> degrees. That thing just turns to piss. Uh, anyway, and then we went down to the uh, the hot docs. Bloor Cinema here in Toronto for a free screening of Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Which um, I have not seen. What are you talking about right now? I haven't seen Christmas Vacation. How are you alive on this? But there are people in the theater. They asked. They took like the temperature of the theater on some like, who here is saying, hasn't seen it before? And like five people raised their hand. And I'm like, how have you made it through? How have you made it through life? <laughs> because every time it came on, I got really stressed out. Because horrible things happen to the family. Yeah, but it's like mildly horrible compared to like the shit we watch now. Since the advent of like Seinfeld and cringe comedy, like this is which like I the... can't watch. Like it's really hard for me to watch, and I feel really bad for. I always oh feel God. bad for like dads who are like trying their best, <laughs> and like or they're horrible, but still bad things happen to the family. And I'm like, it's not their fault that the guy's horrible. And yeah, the family is ultimately fine. The whole crux of like. The Chevy Chase, and let's maybe just having a version of Chevy Chase, which is maybe. you know perfectly, perfectly acceptable. Um, the whole like yeah, the whole aesthetic is just the thesis of them is just like he wants things to be perfect so badly, yeah, that he ends up fucking it up. That's really sad. Goes out and you know gets a giant fucking tree from the middle of a field that's too big for his house, and gets covered in tree sap, and then magazines get stuck to his hand and shit. And- this is so sad. I feel really bad for this person. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I, I, hey, I'm from a world where I like, I'd like things to be perfect and they never Fucking are. And pulls the attic thing just... down and it falls and smacks him in the face. <laughs> Come on. That's horrible. He probably had to go to the ER. 
He's fine. He went upstairs and he went. He got locked in the attic and watched some movies for a while. Yeah, and like so, a Ray Charles Christmas song played. Yeah. So. Oh my god. This just seems really sad to me. Fuck, friends. If I had known this, we would have canceled this whole fucking Star Wars business, and somebody would have been watching National Lampoons. Well, save, well, save it for next year. We'll save it for next year. God damn. I'm sorry. Make her watch it, and we'll be the happiest bunch of idiots since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. I don't get the quotation. I'm going to guess it's from... Oh. <laughs> it's after Uncle Lewis burns his tree down. I don't know who that is. I don't know what's going on. God, Johnny Galecki plays, plays his kid. Wow. Yeah. Also, Beverly D'Angelo is mad hot. Whatever happened to her? Why isn't she still working? I don't know who that is. She was like played the wife in National Lampoons and like banged Al Pacino for a bunch of years. Oh. Like for like most of the 80s and 90s, it was like Al Pacino's girlfriend, wife, not wife. I don't think they were ever married, but baby mama. Anyway, you do anything fun? Yeah. Out there at these Christmas parties? It's So I went to... Two things yesterday. Two things. Uh, two things in one day. Two things in one evening. Oh my! Oh my God! I know multiple appearances. I know. Fuck. But someone specifically asked if I wanted to come to a thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I do." It just happens to be at the same time as something else. Um, so I came to late to the other thing, and the other thing was the yearly Hanukkah party uh, of our mutual acquaintance, acquaintance, um, and she has it every year, and. There are definitely, there's like maybe, I think like three Jewish people who show up and then the rest of us are like everything else you could think of across Teach the Teach us about Judaism. Um, and we get to play, you know, dreidel and we get to light the menorah and yeah, it's, it's good times. Um, and then the, the first thing I did was um, uh, also a mutual friend of ours. Also, uh, number one fan Travis was there. What up, Travi? Uh, which I wasn't expecting. I was so excited. Travi, thank you for letting me use... Your Amazon Prime <laughs> to, to, ship, to get that two-day shipping. <laughs> Woo! Um, but uh, we basically, the friend of ours has a theater, like a one of those like big theaters in her building oh, that like she gets for to the, use. for the building. Yeah. And um, we were going to watch Elf, but then um, decided that the best use of our time was to watch Netflix's um, A Christmas Prince. What? Um I think we, I think maybe we spoke, we spoke about it, I think last episode, didn't we? I don't think about so. how it was this horrible, this Netflix, a Netflix prince keeps on coming up on my like Netflix, like things to watch. Uh-huh. And it looks like a Hallmark Christmas movie. I do not know what this is. Okay. So it's called a Netflix prince. No, no, no. It's called a Christmas prince. I think it's a, is it the, oh my God, there's two. Oh yes. It's a Christmas prince at the same time. That this uh, Christmas Prince has come out. Um, there is another like Hallmark special that is called um, My Christmas Prince. Uh-huh. That is like the exact same uh, Christmas movie. There is a thing going on. Uh, I don't know if you know about the Hallmark Christmas specials. Probably not. They are terrible movies. They're like Lifetime movies, aren't they? Yeah, they're like it's like Hallmark and like W Channel. The ghost of my dead fiance encourages me to find love at Christmas. Yeah, or there's like there's like a Christmas miracle. So we were joking about all these Christmas movies. Travis knew a ton about them, which was amazing. It's it's right Uh there. It's right there. He's so he's open. Jordan's opened up Netflix with like the first thing 
right there that pops up. A Christmas Prince. A Christmas Prince. It is so bad. Christmas comes early for an aspiring young journalist when she's sent abroad to get the scoop on a dashing prince who's poised to be a king. Oh, this is the Harlequin room. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. basically Harlequin Christmas romances, There's, but there's no, like, sex at all in them. <laughs> it's just, a, it's like Jane Austen. There's, like, a kiss at the end, and they always get proposed to, and there's always, like, a wedding. Sidebar, I, ju- I just want the people to know that uh, A Medea Christmas, Tyler Perry's A Medea Christmas, is on Netflix. <laughs> just if you needed to know. For your enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, um, so... Travis and I were talking about all these Christmas movies and something like there was some story out that Hallmark or um, Lifetime or whatever put out like 48 Christmas movies this year. This year? Yeah. Like Christmas miracle movies. Actually, give me one second. I'm going to find the story. Radio Magic. So the article is, the story is basically that Hallmark has debuted 33 Christmas movies this year. In 2017. In 2017. So, we have decided that this weird Christmas universe where miracles are being, multiple Christmas miracles and Christmas angels are about, um, is part of the the CCU, the Christmas Cinematic Universe. (laughs) So So you're plotting a crossover. You're trying to unify all of the, you're trying to come up with a unified theory of all the... uh... Oh yeah, there has to be. Oh my God, Crisis on Infinite... uh... Hallmark Christmas movies? Yeah. And just like, they're all white people. Uh, they all have like an angel. Well, look, Brandon or... Routh's in him. He's getting work. I like to see Brandon Routh getting work. Do we? Yes. Okay. His performance in Scott Pilgrim should have made us all okay with, with Brandon Routh continuing to work as an actor. Yeah. No, like. okay. Yeah. I, he got I, a bad okay. rap on Superman. Let him yeah. have, let him live. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. So... We've yeah, we've decided that this is a thing and that they're all part of the same universe where Christmas miracles happen constantly. Um, even in apparently like November. Um so yeah, that that's my story. And then we sat and we watched this terrible, terrible movie and tore it apart. And there's a great article. There's a very long Vox explain Vox explainer uh article about how the whole entire in the cottage industry of Hallmark Christmas movies um, happened. I think he talks about like the first one that was around and like Rob Lowe was in it or something. Someone was talking to me about it. Um, but uh, a friend of the friend who I went to the Hanukkah, like the friend who had the Hanukkah party, she sent me a great article. Um, and I think it was a, I think it might've been a Mary Sue article. Um, but basically, it was the comparison of – oh, no, it was a BuzzFeed article. It's a comparison of um, the My Christmas Prince movie and A Christmas Prince movie, which are basically the same movie. Um, and it was – there was a vote going in and by far the, the um, A Christmas Prince movie is doing much worse. It's much worse apparently. Oh, no. Um, but I'm really glad we got to watch it. Um, so we just like tore it apart the whole night and had a great time. And I think this is going to become a yearly tradition where we watch terrible Hallmark movies and then just tear them to pieces. To be fair, listeners, if you just like start skimming in, skim the uh, top layer of foam off your Netflix, there's a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. Buried underneath a Christmas star, Mandy and the Forgotten Christmas, Once Upon a Holiday. Angel of Christmas. Christmas in the City. My God. Yeah. And they're all terrible. Like really, they're all from me. Like it is a Harlequin, but there's just no sex. I want one of them that has sex in them. 
A dog walker's Christmas tale. Spoiled 21-year-old Luce Lockhart faces a tough decision when a handsome new friend asks her to protect, help protect a dog park from her wealthy employer. Right? It's a like, classically good-looking white woman, has a career, has to make a decision about whether it's career or love. <laughs> Sorry. The Netflix, love. Netflix classification. Holiday favorites. Movies for ages 11 to 12. Just from 11 to 12. Uh, also want to give a shout out to the uh, movie in the related tab for Dog Walker's Christmas Tale, Rodeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyways. Shouts to that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did have. Sorry, I forgot before I before I went to uh, out to the movie last night for dinner. I did uh, make one brief outing to go see the home he's at Cosmos Records Woo! for no reason other than just to give him a Christmas card. That is very nice of you. Because it's the festive season. Uh, Jordan, hmm. uh, did you come out of there with a Christmas card of your own? I'm sorry, what? Did you come out of there with, you just came out of there with like nothing or a Christmas card, right? Uh, what, do you, what do you mean nothing? Like, you like went, I, came, I came out of there without a gift. Nobody gave me anything. Right. Yeah. But while you were there. Uh-huh. Okay. No, sorry. Let me start this over. Okay. Do you have a problem? Do I have a problem? Yeah. Do you have a record buying problem? How dare you? <laughs> I twitch. How dare you? A record buying problem. Uh, meaning, did you walk out of that store without a record? <laughs> so, but I, but like, see, Jordan. Thing, Jordan. What record did you buy? Thing is, uh, you know, like I have, I have like, I have like five records on my list right now. That like what? that know what I know I know what you're doing. What that record looks the same every time I come over, but you're just slotting <laughs> more records behind it. I just keep putting so, them behind the Doge records, so yeah, you can't tell. So I can't tell. But I can tell that the space is encroaching on our recording space. It is not. How dare you? <laughs> it's not. I have five records on my list right now. Okay. <laughs> Look, listen. These are just the ones I know about right now. I'll find more. Oh yeah. But currently. On the list, two records by Japanese 80s city pop artists Henri, Henri. Timely okay. and Bikini. Okay. Uh, one record by Monaco Yoshida called Lighten Up. Right. And a record by Brazilian uh, keyboardist Yomir D- Diodato. I'm sorry, how do you say that first name? Yomir. I don't know. Yomir? E-Yomir. E-U-O-M-I-R. Yomir. Everybody just calls him Diodato. Okay. Diodata? Diodato. Diodato. Um, an 80s, 80s boogie record from him called Night Cruiser and a record by uh, trumpeter Donald Byrd in the 125th New York Street. Right. Um, called Love Bird. The Donald Byrd record uh-huh. has been at Cosmos for a while. Right. I've seen it there. Mm-hmm. I've seen it there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's always playing me other stuff. Sidebar. Some like real estate bros or something like came wandering in yeah really we're asking about the difference between like audiophile and like regular vinyl pressings and he was like trying to explain it to him and they asked to hear it it was a copy of reckless by brian adams and i am pretty sure he said oh no we don't play classic rock <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he puts it on, but he was dying inside. He was playing like, you know, the sweet ass boogie record or something for, he put on for me. Yeah. And this customer wants to hear it. And it's like, got my 
first real six string. He's just like, I want to die right now. Um, so it had been there for a while. And they didn't have anything else there. And I was looking at it and I was like, well, you know, most of my shopping was done. Right. For my for my family and my friends. And, you know, when you, as long-time listeners will remember, when you lose friends from your life, Sometimes that frees up <laughs> some capital, some capital from the uh, you know present buying fund. So I was like, and he usually cuts me a deal. So I was like, eh, I roll the dice. Someone else was there, and he said did not cut me a deal. He charged me the full price. So I was like, eh, fine, fuck it. If he says car, he seemed very touched. Sent me a DM of a half naked Asian lady later, which is a thank you. That's just how he says thank you. Um, and then. I sent a picture of it to Mr. Malash. I was like, "Hey, you know, when you go to the when you go to the record store to give Hisa a Christmas card and you walk out with this." Yeah. Mr. Malash then texted back, "So I guess I'm going to keep the copy I ordered off of eBay for you for Christmas." That's maybe the moment when we know <laughs> there might be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, also, you don't buy yourself things before Christmas. I didn't know he was going to find it. But now he feels bad. I didn't even know he was going to get me anything. Like he, I only he, got him something because I found something around that was like it was cheap and I knew it would he would like it. So that's so why I bought it for him. Jordan. What? You made him feel bad. I know I made him feel bad. He's sad. I called. But I was like, I don't know if they like do returns or anything at Cosmos. They barely have a phone in there. They have like <laughs> a legit like a red bat rotary phone. Like That's amazing. He still pulled out his laptop once. I'm pretty sure it was a chunky, like, 1990s IBM ThinkPad. Like, that's just kind of how they rock there. Um, I was like, he's not replying. He's not replying to texts. So I call, and I'm pretty sure Jeff's wife picked up and said, nice going, dumbass. <laughs> so, <laughs> to the point where I was like, what, hello? <laughs> Dial the right number. Um, so I didn't know. I was like, do you want me to try to return it? I don't know, I don't know if they do returns there. I don't think they have. I pay debit. I don't think they have the technology. Right. Give me the money back. Maybe they'll let me swap it for something else type of thing. And it was like, Jeff was like, I like it anyway. <laughs> like, it's like it's a record he won't enjoy having. But he didn't get to see how excited you were. I know. He didn't get to see your face. I know. My stupid, dumb, only child round face. Yep. Ruined Christmas, ruined face. Yep. They should make a Christmas movie about it. <laughs> New from Hallmark, the fat ass that ruined Christmas. Uh, good times. Good times. So, we don't have any news. We don't have any news. Oh, I do have one more thing what? to talk about. Um, that I maybe watched all of recovery of an MMO junkie. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'll just move in updates. Yes, yeah. how, how was that? Um, it was great. I loved every second of it. I finished it as well. Yeah. This week. Um, yeah. Ended real cute. Real cute. Real cute. Yeah. Just saying, they inadvertently held hands at the end and got real, really pushed, really pushed the implausibility again by the end. It's like, really? They knew each other over like three games? I I liked it. I'm fine with it, but it's very implausible. Soups and There balls. are, we, we watch stuff that has like dragons and magic cooking powers uh-huh. and is a game where girls hit each other with their boobs and butts. Mm-hmm. That is, and this, th- and this is implausible. And this. How big is Japan? It's a big place. How many people are playing this game? Magic food. Pa- uh, 
a tiny bathing suit like lingerie thing that is talks <laughs> and grants powers. <laughs> That was a schoolgirl's uniform. It was not a bathing suit. It was should have. It basically was a bathing suit. Ugh. Um, it, it, the one that didn't cover anything. It was <laughs> gross. Um, this is the stuff we watch, and that is too far. That stretches that, the imagination that's, that's too far. Bridge too far. It's a bridge you know, too far. Believe in a you know hundreds of servers and millions of people playing that these two found each other like three times playing different video games. Twice. It's implausible, it, but it was cute. It was wonderful. <laughs> I loved every second of it. It made me happy. Uh, I, I let you get right away without following up on the whole uh, all in on Little Witch Academia. Yeah, I, I haven't picked it up, but not because I think I have a tendency to like overdo it on shows. Mm. Um, and I think I just like overdid it. Um, <laughs> I told yeah. And then they're, you know, Christmas and it's busy and I was too busy watching um, this. Net Jew. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, uh, A Christmas Prince on Netflix. Um, so, yeah. But you did watch more Little Witch Academia. Yes. And you were enjoying it. Yes, I was enjoying it. A lot of what you said came true. Like, they talk about a lot of the the bigger Theories part of the of world. Magic. And um, How far did you get? Did you get into the back half? or I got into, I think, I think the last episode was when, it was actually something that bothered me, but um, when, I can't remember her name, as we, we all know this, the witch who is good at everything. Diana. Diana, there we go. Um, she doesn't get to continue, or she she's going to try and be the heir of her house. Oh shit! So you're like really far in. There. Yeah, yeah. Like I went like full that's throttle. Like, that's like two thirds through. Yeah, yeah. I went full throttle into it. Um, but she, she tries to take back control of her of her family. Family estate whatever from her aunt but they have to do she has to do like the special ceremony and yeah. it only happens once every couple of years and um her aunt's just like the worst and at the end it doesn't it doesn't happen they try it doesn't happen um but her aunt's just like oh it'll be f like well i'm just gonna change my mind i'm not gonna be a horrible person anymore yeah it's a little abrupt yeah so that was i was like this is silly she her aunt like legit like tried to kill her and then was like actually i will take care of the household it'll be fine and then the maid was like we'll take care of the estate and i was like what is going on there's four of you this place is so huge yeah uh so yeah it was um but i liked the the building of the relationship between diana and main Akko. Akko. that fucking um, episode at the party with the bee that makes people fall in love with each other oh my gosh. fucking love that episode so so much you guys um but yeah and i liked the sort of mythology behind the magic um i didn't follow all of it like there's a tree and then <laughs> open the tree the doorway to the tree or something and the tree delivers magic to be uh, i don't know ley lines or like the tree's roots and yeah but and the words and the only other problem with the show is akko even though she learns these lessons, she doesn't actually learn these lessons. <laughs> They're like, I thought you learned the word of patience. And meanwhile, she's just like freaking out all the time and has no patience for anything. Um, so that's a problem. And it, just, it seems really fast paced. She can turn into a mouse now. She can. She is. She still can't fly a broom. 
but she can turn into a mouse. So you, you do see that she's getting better, um, but it's taken like a lot of effort. The block for her is explained. Yes. There's a reason. Oh, it, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So you haven't got there. That would be great. Um, and yeah, I do like... I do like where it's going. Um, I loved the episode with her and the mechanic girl. Oh my god! It was such a good episode. Constance, you're the best. And the the like ship turning into the robot. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was a real like girl lug on throwback. Yeah, and it was fantastic. So there are th- episodes that I've absolutely adored, and that was one of them. So yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Cool. And all that anime. All that anime. Watching all that anime. Oh god. Um, what was my anime? Got caught up on Food Wars. Stayed caught up on Food Wars. I've really fallen behind on Blood Blockade. We need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, still caught up on Food Wars. It's fine. It's kind of comfy. A little it's more fine. naked. A little more naked this week than I tend to enjoy. But listen, the food tastes that good. So many people co- that many people cooking delicious food. And look, again, totally fine with nakedness if it was even. <laughs> if I could see some throbbing like biceps and haunches. and No, it was just Soma. <sighs> Just naked Soma. Sorry. See? Um, and in the gaming update, um, the Doomsday Heist, which I have not started playing yet, but that went live on Grand Theft Auto Online, and still playing FF15. Um, my problem is, I don't know where this game wants me to be. Running Chocobos, obviously. <laughs> as we, as we, as you demonstrated, and I was so excited. <laughs> Finally got the Chocobo area, called one up, Caitlin lost her goddamn mind. Just it was whistled. amazing. Here came the Chocobo. Oh, they were beautiful. Um, I colored mine red. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know where the game wants me to be because I'll be, like, doing a side quest in, like, a new area. And then, like, dudes I fought in, like, the Dust Bowl area and, like, whoop their asses show up in the, like, you know, green pasture area and destroy me. Yeah, and I'm like powered up. They've had their, their Jamba Juice. Yeah, their... Like, I don't know what level I'm supposed to be at. But anyway, it's, it's still super fun. I'm still, listen, no strategy at all. Just mash that, mash that circle button. There's an evil mountain in the distance. Yeah, well, there's something about a titan. Every time I see Pops, he's like, did you fight the titan yet? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? What titan? What are you talking about? Um, he's still trying to find the guys in the green area. Still, still like picking tomatoes for the diner owner back at Hammerhead. Um, <laughs> the other weird thing that I dipped my toe into was a visual novel. Oh. Because I kept hearing about this thing. Okay. I've never heard about this. Uh, I didn't tell you about it yet. I know. I just mean in general. No one's ever said a visual novel. Yeah, you don't know what a visual novel. No, I have no idea. Visual novels are text-based kind of choose-your-own-adventure games. It's not like super popular in Japan. It's not like the Lord of the Rings thing. No, no. But it's like a lot of reading, a lot of static images on a on the screen type of thing. It's the like dating. A lot of them are dating, right? Okay. Um, I do know get one. You know, pick the girl you like best and try to make the decisions to whatever get her to like you. Yeah. Um. So this is called. Doki Doki Literature Club. Okay. Doki Doki is an onomatopoeia for the Japanese onomatopoeia for the sound of heartbeat. Yep. Literature Club. And basically it's like, hey, you're a dude. You're friends with this girl you've been friends with since you were kids. Um, you're you're going to pick a new activity. You're going to pick a club at school, set a high school, obviously. Right. And pick a club. And she uh, she's a member of the Literature Club. And she drags you to the Literature Club. And there's three other girls there. So there's four of them. And basically the only like gameplay is to like every night people write poems and come back and share their poems with each other. Right. And so the only actual like gameplay really is like picking words from a list. And that's you writing your poem. Right. But you're trying to like pick the words that you think the girl you like will respond to the best. 
Okay. And then you go the next day and it's like, who do you want to, who do you want to read your poem first? Oh, Yuri. Okay. You go and you have your little moment. You have to go through all of them and it gets like super repetitive. And I've heard it's like a two, two and a half hour, like long experience. Right. Jordan, why are you wasting your time with this? You don't give a fuck about visual novels. No. I just kept hearing, and this is plastered all over the front, that this game should not be played by people with anxiety, by people who are sensitive and definitely not by children. What? <laughs> so the crux of visual novel, and I'm not at this point yet. I'm only right. like, I was like, how, when does it get? And I kept reading all these articles on Kotaku about like, you know, a visual novel is, you know, a visual novel. It was the scariest thing I experienced this year. What? Um, this th- is freaking so me the, out. Sorry. This is free to play. Um, yeah. On, I don't know where you can download it. I'll put a link on a show page. If I ever do one of those again, um, but it's, it's free to play. It's on Steam or you can download it for your laptop. And uh, so basically you go through the first, the whole crux of visual novels, which I really didn't understand because I never played one before, is that they're based around multiple playthroughs. Okay. Like you do them again and again because you want to like, now, when? now I'm going to try to get this girl. And maybe there's a best ending that comes after you play it like three or four times. Right. Um, so if I hadn't read anything, I probably would have played it once, gone, that's weird. And then never saw how weird it really gets. Right. So you play through it the first time, and one of the four girls ends up killing themselves at the end. Oh, my God. That has started to creep in with some of the poems that they're writing. Right. Where, like, one girl, like, talks about how, like, she opens her head and puts her happy thoughts in bottles and then smashes them on the ground type of thing. They were supposed to be for my friends, but they just got smashed on the ground. Like, that type of thing. Oh, my God. Um, Again, all, like, super happy. You know, hey, welcome. Let's talk about our poems, blah, blah, blah. So you go through the first playthrough, one of the girls kills themselves. If you go through the second playthrough, that character is gone. <gasps> Not there. And anytime a scene where that character was supposed to be there yeah. happens, the game like breaks. <gasps> like the screen goes staticky, the text gets all weird, the faces of characters will be like, <laughs> like it's real, like, you know, Ringu videotape. Oh geez. Type shit. The game breaks. If you go into the game files. Yeah. Of the game. You go into the folder in your applications file. Yeah. There's a folder that says characters. Yeah. And it has like the four girls. The girl who kills himself, her file is gone. <gasps> like to that point. Oh my God, that's so weird. Um, I don't like it. And if you do multiple playthroughs and you do it wrong. Yeah. This happens again and again. We're like now, you know, one girl turns up to be a cutter, I think. And this is how you like, this is why it's oh like gosh. they're really plastering like not for. Those with. Be aware. Yeah. Do your research if you think you want to test this thing out. Um, ultimately like the bad ending and the hook of the bad ending is like one of the girls in the game is like become self-aware and just wants to like create a world where it's just you and her forever alone in like the club room. (gasps) So if you like completely fuck up and botch the game, that's like the bad ending that you end up with. And I don't know how weird it gets. I've heard that like the game will look at like your settings on your laptop or something. And like, if you like gave a fake name when you played it, but like your real name is your like login to your laptop. Yeah. It'll use your real name. Like, oh my God. <laughs> shit like that. Um, so yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club. Is not what it seems. I have not experienced any of the weird shit yet. Like I'm only about like two hours into the playthrough. And frankly, because I don't fuck with visual novels, I'm bored as shit in the first playthrough. Right. But the promise of how fucked up it's going to get in the end has me kind of like, <laughs> I'll, g- I'll give you, sorry, hopefully this works. I'm like dipping out of a garage band. Yeah, so like one thing I did try to do is I went into um looked in the system files. Yeah. 
Max will have this thing where if you like command Y any file, it'll like give you like a preview. And if it's a song, it'll start playing. And if it's an image, it'll show you um, the image. I did that on these character files in there. Yeah. And they all have like weird. Oh, man. Like Ringu. Oh, geez. Bleeding photo type shit. Some of them don't work, but yeah. It's horrifying. It's just filled with like weird little Easter eggs like that. So, yeah. Everybody's talking about Doki Doki Literature Club, and you think you might want to play it. Uh, be forewarned, it is a horror game. Also, you might want to wait until next October. Um, next October. It's not a Christmas time. <laughs> or game. July when it's sunny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want this creepiness in your life. Um, yeah, so that's what I spent an odd amount of time so checking out. So that's out there. And yeah, this is a good place as any to re up and take a break. I think so. And when we come back, Christmas miracles, y'all. Oh, yeah. Super excited. Checking out those things we can't believe the other person has not seen. We will get into that when we come back from this break. Hey y'all, welcome back to the show. Caitlin and I just watched a YouTube video of the moment where Doki Doki Literature go- Club breaks and we're <laughs> terrified now. But. I am so terrified. It's it's so scary. <laughs> Especially, I could see if you, like this gentleman was doing a playthrough yeah. um, and had no idea. I kept on being like, I think my screen broke and like had no idea what's going on. And I think that's, now that it's probably very different when you... Don't if you know, know it going in, yeah, but yeah. holy shit, if you had no idea that it was like, going to do yeah. that. It's like, um, I remember a long, long, long time ago, uh, there was a game, I can't remember what it was called, and it would like, as you went more insane, your things would happen Yeah, I don't, I think I, re- I remember, I was listening to a podcast where they, these like three like old farts were running down like their like favorite games of all time. And yeah. There's definitely one in there where they were talking about, that was definitely part of it. You had like basically like when you went fully insane, the game was over. But yeah. you, that was like the health meter was like how crazy you were going. Yeah. And, and it did shit like that. And it would like you'd think your screen, something was wrong with it or there'd be like static or there'd be like an error. And yeah, it yeah. was super scary. Deliberately breaking to like fuck you up. So yeah. it's the it's the Psycho Manus thing, right? Like that was probably yeah. the example that most people have encountered where in Metal Gear Solid, you fight a character named Psycho Manus who like reads your memory card. In your PlayStation and like says details about your life and then the screen will just go beep boop and like blanks out and like the only way to beat him is to plug the controller into port two oh, on the PlayStation. It's crazy. Um because he can't read that one apparently. Right. It's like left hemisphere, right hemisphere, like brain type thing. Right. Um and it's not obvious in the game. It's like basically I got the game knowing that ahead of time. Somebody was like, When you get to Psycho Man, it's just plug it into port two. You're like, All right. Okay. Um Yeah, game chat. Enough that. Yeah. It's the back half of the show. It is. Kate and I talk about the things we brought each other. Mm-hmm. Special edition this week. Yep. Things in the world were like, how? 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 I mean, even, Why are you refusing to watch? Are you refusing to watch this? Have is you just it, never countered it? Is it, even if it's not your, like, one of your things that you're interested in, how have you not even just been kind of interested These or wanted to see it? Cultural phenomenon, behemoths of... Just television and film. And geekdom. And, and geekdom. And you're like, nah? Word? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, we have a podcast where we can be like, nah, fuck that. You're watching it. You're watching it, whether you want to or not. So that's what we did this week. Still got rules, though. Yes. 
There are three of them. The first one being the rule of three, which is if the thing we give the other person um, comes in episodes or issues or some kind of uh, serialized in some way, we will consume three of those. Yes. And that's to give it a chance to become the thing it is supposed to become. Yes. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing until you are sitting in front of these microphones. Yes. So you get the freshest and hottest of takes. The freshest. You want them fresh. You want them hot. You want them warm. You want yeah. something that can warm you up. It is so cold in Toronto this week, friends. Wow. Is, is it ever? It is mad cold. I Like, Hamilton's like, oh, it's kind of cold. I need a jacket. <laughs> and then Toronto's like, oh, why does the wind want to hurt my face? <laughs> I get that blurp that on Messenger that Caitlin's here and I'm like diving for the buzzer. It's like, do not leave her outside any longer I than she has to. I literally sent you a gif of me being frozen. <laughs> <laughs> like just like one, like a, something like ice cold because I was like, it's taking too long. It's been a second. <laughs> it took five seconds to hit the buzzer. Um, finally, the last rule is there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Normally, we alternate the things that we bring each other, which means uh, by the rules established by this program, the thing Caitlin brought me would go first. Yes. However, given the topicality of Star the thing, Wars, of the thing Caitlin brought me, not the thing itself, but the thing that came after it, and the fact that Caitlin has seen The Last Jedi, yes. and Jordan doesn't give a fuck about spoilers for Star Wars, so nope. we're probably going to go ham in on oh, yeah. Last Jedi spoilers. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, you need to get out. If you've never seen Breaking Bad, what the fuck? You should also probably get out. But I mean, how are you spoiling like a 10-year-old show at this point that literally everyone on Earth has watched? Hey! Hey! <laughs> Not everyone has, okay? Um, but definitely go on, drink your dairy-free eggnog. Like <gasps> I have eggnog in the fridge. That's what I have. It's not dairy-free, but you can watch me drink it. Oh, you were just a mean person sometimes. <laughs> just mean. Why would you do this to me? Um, go get some eggnog and some gingerbread cookies and just like peace out. Chill out. Go watch. Go. You know what? Go the watch the Go watch the Christmas Prince or uh, the Force Awakens because it's on Netflix. Just sitting there. Do not play Doki Doki literature. Same with Breaking Bad. They're just they're just sitting there. Both just for sitting you. There. All right. All right. Let's get into this. Okay. Um, does this even need a preamble? <laughs> Breaking Bad yes. is a neo-crime drama, neo-Western crime drama, created and written by and produced by a guy named Vince Gilligan, who was a writer on The X-Files. Became kind of enamored with this idea of, over the course of a series, turning your protagonist into your antagonist. Right. Or the elevator pitch that gets thrown out a lot is uh, what happens when Mr. Chips becomes Scarface. Okay. So basically, if you've never watched Breaking Bad, is the story of a high school chemistry teacher named Walter White, yep. played by Brian Cranston, mm -hmm. who is diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer, yep. given about two years to live. Mm -hmm. He's very broke, despite being a teacher. Teacher yep. is not the nice kind of like lower middle class job it can be. I guess maybe he's got a house, he's got cars, I guess maybe he's doing all right. Well. I mean, in Canada, they definitely get paid better. Than a the little better. He also like works a second job at a car wash, washing the cars of the students who yeah. don't listen to his lectures at the high school. And are mean to him. And are mean to him. And when he gets the diagnosis, especially, he uh, already kind of enamored, intrigued by a news story that is, that is running about the breakup of a uh, crystal meth lab mm -hmm. in Albuquerque, where he lives. He asks his uh, brother-in-law... A DEA agent named Hank, Hank Schrader, to take him on a ride along. And from that and a bunch of other sort of 
confluence of circumstances and coincidences, mm-hmm. he decides to uh, take a shot at making crystal meth. Yeah. Make a little extra cash. Mm-hmm. Set up his family's financial future. Yeah. And over the course of the series, you basically, the name Breaking Bad is a Southern colloquialism about basically, you know, raising hell or just turning to crime. Yep. And over the course of the series, you see him become seduced by the money and the power mm-hmm. uh, that comes with being a drug boss type of thing. He links up with a former student of his, yep. a, a schlep, a burnout named Jesse Pinkman, mm-hmm. played by Aaron Paul. I've always said from jump, I knew so many guys back in Amherstburg and area who are Jesse Pinkman. Right. His wardrobe alone, <laughs> the fucking beanies, the three XL hoodies, <laughs> the Exco jeans, like so many dudes. Um, as he says to Pinkman, when he sees him fleeing the site of the ride along, he has gone on with his brother-in-law. He tracks down Pinkman and says, basically, you know, the business, I know the science, the jam is because he's a chemistry teacher and knows actually how to make this stuff, you know, technically. Yeah. Not through some like passed down knowledge from one criminal to the next. He will make basically the purest shit out there. Yes. No additives, no cutting it down, no chili powder. Yes. No chili (laughs) powder. Jesse's calling card. Yes. And as the money rolls in and the power rolls in, it's basically goes from over the course of the series, Walt's trying to survive basically and being out of his depth to rapidly becoming very comfortable with a life of crime right and and really makes you start to question who you are rooting for breaking bad is widely regarded as one of the greatest television series of all time by the time of the series finale it was among the most watched cable shows on american television it has 16 primetime emmy awards eight satellite awards two golden globes two b two peabodies two critics choice awards and four tca awards uh cranston himself won the outstanding lead actor in a drama series four times. Aaron Paul won supporting actor three times and Anna Gunn who plays Walt's wife, Skylar won twice for outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. Mad awards Mm -hmm. for this show. Mm -hmm. Super celebrated. Caitlin McKinnon, one of 16 people on the planet (laughs) who have not seen a single frame. And the other 15 are in a coma of breaking bad. And I will allow the first season kind of slow. Okay. That said, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Let's not even go with, did you like it? Okay. Did it meet anything resembling the hype that has surrounded this show that I'm surely you have heard buzzed about for the past, like, you know, eight years? Uh, probably. <laughs> but like... Or were you just like, meh? Well, uh, what, we've talked about this before. We mentioned it on this episode alone. We mentioned it in a lot of episodes. I have a really hard time when I see, like... When I'm worried, <laughs> dad's trying their best. When I'm and dad's trying their best, and when I'm worried about what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's all this show is. That's all this show is. It's it's the t- tough choices. It's how does he? You kind of have an idea. I th- I mean, it's probably because I I I haven't read much about the show, but I know of the show, right? I know. I mean, I think the basic conceit of the show, especially especially in the fact that like unfairly. The show might be criticized now because it launched a lot of shitty imitators. Like this and Mad Men were like ground zero for the, I guess Tony Soprano was as well. Right. For the like 
there's a whole book about this idea of the you know, difficult men. Yes. Flawed men as the protagonist of your, you know, prestige mm-hmm. golden age. Golden age of television. This what this and Mad Men were the two pillars of golden age of television, right? Um and I think it's spun a lot of pale imitators. Right. For the like it's a joke I heard once on a podcast. It's like, you know, the trope of like a guy looking in a mirror just going, like, Am I a good man? Like Yeah. That trope comes from stuff like Breaking Bad, even though Breaking Bad didn't do it. Yeah. Um So I think just the idea of like a good guy forced to do bad things. Or or a descent, right? Yes. That's what I know about the show, that mm. it is a descent into crime. Turpitude. However, you say it started slow. I feel like the descent into crime was too fast. <laughs> he kills a guy by episode three, y'all. No, by episode... Well, I guess by, he disposes of somebody by episode. Well, no, he kills him. He makes a choice to... Oh, yeah. to... Did, he, did he know he was going to kill him in that moment? Or... Oh, yeah. Okay. When he, well, it was, it was uh, either they shoot me, like I will be murdered, or mm. I do this thing and I basically murder them. Now, it was he wasn't afraid for his life, but he was also cooking crystal meth. Straight off the bat, if someone goes... I know what I'm going to do to make more money. I'm going to cook crystal meth. <laughs> There's like a problem with this person. You could try Bitcoin or you could <laughs> make crystal meth. Yeah. Like there are, you know, there are, I could see being backed into a corner, but you don't get the impression that there's a, there's not, there's no hopelessness. It's more like a frustration. Right, he's frustrated with where he is in his life of working basically every single day of the week, um, and 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 he's frustrated with who he is. There is and there is something. There's a flashback in those three episodes, which I'm happy was in the first three episodes because it does give you where he insight. was. He you was, see who he was before. Yes, which was a very. It was almost very. He was very much like the guy from Apple, like very <laughs> suave. And like, he was, you can tell he was doing like Ted talks. Shaggy and, hair. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, this, like, and then he talks about how he only has to work like six hours a week. And like, you know, like he had this air about him and it was a really good flashback. Cause yes, you, it, it was a very good juxtaposition of where, what he was like maybe 20 years ago to what he was, what he's come to be like now. Yes. Um, so, all that setup was good, but it just was really fast about the, the, I'm deciding to do this. Though, what I also really like. Also could be the pilot problem. Could be. Also, what I really like, though, is that even when they did that, you can tell he's not really like a, it's hard to say a good man, but you, you get the sense that he's not, there's, there, there was always a bit of gray in him. Yes. It's not you know someone there's who is, a rage there he's yeah he has he definitely there are some issues there so that was good as well brian cranston blew my fucking mind you can act his fucking ass off. however i've got to say hmm. jesse pinkman blew my fucking mind <laughs> paul can act his fucking ass off too to to i i fully like the thing was i've seen interviews with aaron paul mm. and then to see this character was unbelievable <laughs> like h- how well he played a burnout mm. usually you would just get like in movies where they have um like seth rogan and that bunch of guys yeah, yeah. they're all just burnouts like they just all always talk like that and act like that there's no actual acting they're burnouts with no concerns though like right like 
Well, no, I just mean like them as people. Like yeah. they're not acting. They're just acting oh, like themselves. Just being themselves. Yes. Where Aaron Paul, it's a complete 180. Yes. Right? He, he I totally believed him as this moronic burnout he's just stupid he's mm-hmm. just a stupid guy but it was also really frustrating right because you're like how how are you this stupid and then you you can see sort of the rage from this brian Cranston, like brian cranston and yeah it just I, I there were so many things i did really like about the show but then also i was constantly stressed out mm. about what was going to happen next how do we feel about skyler She's fine. Like, because that was a huge thing at the time of the show where like the thing was always like, you know, as a viewer and viewers will get called out on this. It's like you're rooting for Walt and thinking Skylar's just a, you know, henpecking bitch. But I don't. But while forgetting that Walt is doing terrible things. But I feel like. Going back and rewatching these episodes, yeah. which was weird. Was it really, really weird? weird? Because, you know, I was watching it as it happened. Yeah. So, like, and I haven't gone back since. I know people who watch this, rewatch this show all the time. Because this show is basically, it's not even, like, seasons. Like, right. It's a, it's a 52-episode thing. They just made it over, like, X amount of years. But, right. I mean, like, there's no, like, real cliffhangery type things. It is, like, a 50-plus novel. And I really feel like Skylar's kind of henpeckery is there from jump. I I don't see that. But I'm not married so I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't see know. The, see I don't see the hen peckery though he's made he makes a comment about her like he and it was it was actually really funny that crawling, crawling out out of, of, out of his ass which I didn't think was quite fair because he was talking about all of a sudden he smokes pot. Yes. And I would be like if someone I loved who I didn't think had ever like really smoked pot at all was all of a sudden smoking pot, I'd be really worried. I'd be like, what the hell? Especially if my brother-in-law was a DEA agent and kind of seemed like an asshole. I might be like, what the hell are you doing? Um, I think it was kind of bold of her to like go to to um, Jesse Pinkman's house and be like... I don't know. I also I see that as kind of like a, a controlling thing, you know, like. But she's protecting those who she, who she loves, right? She's fucking weed. Like, <laughs> but in the states, it's not I right. Guess. In the states, weed is this. It's it's what do they call it? Um, the gateway drug. The gateway drug, but it's also like a reefer madness, mm. right? Like, even she doesn't understand, right? She t- tells her brother in law to, or no, her and her sister, her sister, who's oh the worst. Marie is fucking terrible. Um tells the brother-in-law like says can you show him an autopsy of a weed overdose right like they don't understand <laughs> marijuana is fine of course it is but they don't understand that right she thinks it's a serious drug that you know is causing problems now there are some things i had questions about last point i'll make about about skylar yeah like and I guess maybe this is just like a marriage thing. Maybe if I like really paid attention to the way my parents act, I would notice the same thing. But like when she like chirps at him about like the MasterCard, the MasterCard's the one we don't use. Like who gives a shit? Like No, it's very important. She's always just kind of chirping at him about something. Well, yeah, because he made a stupid mistake and then they're overdrawn and now they owe more money. If you you know this. If you were poor, everything you've said before, like the cycle of the of payment of of the credit card, right? 
you got to get in front of that payment or else you're going to get overdrawn. Yeah, it was $15. Let's, let's relax, Skylar. <laughs> See, I think it's totally fine. <laughs> I think this is just probably like... The argument people made in retrospect was just like, Skylar's fine. You just want to root for Walt. And I'm kind of like of the mindset, if you go back and watch those early episodes, I don't know if Skylar was always so, fine. Well, my question is, is, was she working before she got pregnant? I feel like she was, yes. I, as watching these early episodes, things jostled. And she does get a larger plot later on where I think she goes back to work okay. um, for someone she used to work for. Because she, she was a paralegal or like a... Or like a legal secretary type of thing. Because um, uh, that's what frustrated me. If someone's working like full time and then they have a part time job. And now I know she's trying to like sell. Like she, try, she buys things and like sells them on yeah. eBay or whatever. And the, but it's not clear. Which is another no. reason why, maybe why she comes across as like yeah. henpeckish. Because it's like, well, why the fuck are you working? Like, Though the thing about the like the veggie bacon. That's the only thing I'm like, don't fuck with people's bacon. <laughs> Like on, I on act- their birthday. I actually really like bacon or veggie bacon, but and like turkey bacon. I actually mm. like turkey bacon more than any other type of bacon. I know I'm a weirdo, it's fine. Um but if I was expecting turkey bacon and someone was like, Oh, here's this veggie bacon, I'd be like, What the fuck is this? Uh what did we think of Hank? Um, just as a character. Uh that's the brother in law? Yes. I I totally know so many people. Don't you like, like, Hank. like? Don't you? He's so fucking well written as a yeah. character because you know that dude, yeah. that alpha douche who thinks everything he says is the funniest shit yeah. that he ever came up with, and it's just like. And I love the son. I love the the character, the son. Yes, Walter Walter Jr. Now is cerebral palsy. The one, the one is Walter Jr. Is like, is that his mom or is that his stepmom? Is what's her name? We just Skyler's his mom. Oh, okay, yeah. I just wasn't positive. Um, because they don't actually she because she's so much younger. Yes, I didn't. I didn't know if. Uh, uh yeah. As far as I know, as far as I know, Walter Junior is Skylar and Walt's son. Right. And she's pregnant with a daughter, Holly, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was interesting. There were definitely parts I liked. There were definitely parts it was really hard for me to watch. Because there was a lot of fast forwarding to see if something <laughs> happened, and then like going back and actually watching it. Um. And definitely, like, the Hank moments, the Marie being awful moments. Like, yeah, there are payoffs for those things that might come, like, you know, three seasons later. Yeah. When just, like, you know, the pressure cooker of uh, of events just leads somebody to, like, snap on her. And yeah. when it finally happens, you're like, thank thank Christ, finally. I've been waiting for three three, three seasons for somebody to just go off on Marie. Yeah. Um, that said, there are episodes in this show by the end that are, like, the most perfect like episodes of television I've right. ever seen in my life. Like as it ends the only way it can, like it's not as you hit a certain point as a drug dealing crime boss. There's only so many ways it goes. Um, but just the ways they always kept it interesting um, throughout. It's just, it's one of the most exceptionally written shows I've ever seen. Not on like some like, dazzling displays of writerliness right like like fargo or something but Mm -hmm. just like the plotting and the character and like you said cranston and paul are just like acting their fucking asses off on this amazing amazing stuff would you stick with it could it be your holiday binge or is it too is it too stressful it's way too stressful (laughs) it is so stressful so like um fargo was stressful right Mm. like knowing things are going to happen or not happen but you just don't know how um 
uh, that even knowing like totally knew that guy was probably going to die, like crazy eight was mm. probably going to die, but like not knowing how it was going to happen or, Oh, that was just ugh. now that scene where he, I think it was a really good, um, character moment of a display of his intelligence, noticing the, the yeah, the plate shards, the, the plate shards. Um, that was a great character building moment. Um, and even just the like, yeah, the character mode, how he plays it as an actor, where he's like literally just like head in his hands, just like, like don't I do this, don't want to do this, like yeah. don't make me do this. But like, and also just like the gruesomeness of him just taking that thing and like choking him with it. Mm. Oh god. Um, I will say, I it hit Netflix probably around season three. Mm-hmm. It's a staple of Netflix now. It's yeah. been on there for like forever. Um, and I hadn't even seen it. Again, I knew about it in the ether, heard podcasts talk about it. And said, no, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll get to it one day. It was my father who like started watching it. And I was surprised. I was like, really? You're into that? And he started telling me about this scene. And he, he's laughing his ass off. He couldn't. Like, that was the moment where he was in. Right. Which was when the fucking body falls through the floor. <laughs> oh. And see, the thing is, I knew about the body flying through the floor because everyone talked about it. Oh, yeah? Um, so I think I feel like that would have been a better moment i think more the reaction was great Mm. and but then you just i just hate jesse for being so stupid (laughs) like i just hate him so much for being the worst a lot of those moments (laughs) i just like i you feel like he really um walter could just like totally go it on his own if he knew who to sell it to <laughs> like oh yeah oh and the moment with the prostitute oh oh yeah god that was awful who's even the worst in that scene jesse hank like it's just every part about it is yeah awful. it's just awful yeah anyway so uh, i give it like so, so not gonna hang with it no i give it like oh people are gonna so totally come for me i give it like a seven as we said before Kick punches are just what you thought. I, it, you were not recognizing the, you know, construction of it or the acting or you were not saying that it was poorly made. No, no. You're saying how you liked it. Yes. And it's just I can't do stuff where I'm anxious the entire time. <laughs> I'm already anxious the entire time. I can't have more anxiety. <laughs> pil- pil- sorry. I'm al- already anxious all the time. I can't have more anxiety piled onto that it just doesn't make a good viewing experience that show will certainly do it well there you go kate watch kate watch breaking bad at her at me (laughs) you like them takes on christmas morning yeah well moving on moving on so um i'm gonna start singing the theme but every time i start to sing sing the theme i always end up doing the superman theme instead (laughs) (laughs) i always blur the two um so, I'm really nervous about this. That's the one. Is that Star Wars or yeah. Superman? No, I'm pretty sure that's it. No, no, maybe not. No, no, it's not. It's Superman. Um, so, I'm nervous about giving this to you mm-hmm. or having given this to you. Mm-hmm. I wanted... I would, you know, it is a Christmas, Christmas miracle thing about how, like, really, how could you have not even just... <laughs> On some, you know, Saturday night, inside, cold, be like, hey, you know what? I'm kind of curious to see how bad, even if it was like how bad this movie is Mm -hmm. or what people are talking about, Mm -hmm. that you have not seen this. I think it's more offensive. I think my actual attitude is just more offensive to people. 
just like indifference. Just, yeah. 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 I, I don't find, I mean, I kind of had the same with Breaking Bad, right? Like I just am kind of indifferent to it. Mm. It's just not my kind of show. That's fine. Uh, it's definitely no murder she wrote, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> just not my vibe, which is fine. The Force Awakens is the... Sorry, that's, that's Star Wars. Star the Wars, Awakens. The Force Awakens. Episode 8. Episode 8. Is, um, was, uh, came out in 2015 in December. It was directed by J.J. Abrams, who, that is an interesting choice of a director. Completing his trifecta. Yep. Um, uh, it is the, the it was the first movie in the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy, um, as we know uh, the Last Jedi just sorry Star Wars: The Last Jedi <laughs> episode nine episode nine just came out. Um, it stars Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac. I'm just doing the new names. We know all the old people. Yes. Um, all your faves, all your friends are here, <laughs> as Jordan said. Oh, come, all your friends are here. Um, it is set 30 years after Return of the Jedi, um, and. <sighs> I have a complicated relationship with this movie. Oh, um, it was. A, I, I might not have to say anything. No, it was. It was a fun movie. It is. It is not. It is not. Um, I don't want to say not a good, good movie, good. but it was fun. It it had to do a lot of things. So many people are mad at it for so many different reasons. It doesn't exist as a movie. No, I can get into that on its, in a minute. On its own, it, it yeah, it's from beginning to end. You, it, it needs to have the the original trilogy for it to exist, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, which is fine. Um, but my the biggest thing I need out of a movie, especially if I go to see it in the theaters, I want to have fun. I want my friends to show up. I want there to be a party. I want there to be like cool effects and like silly moments and people forget that um Star Wars has always been silly. Um they like take it way too serious. I'm like there were tiny like cannibal chipmunk people. Like do you people forget this? Yeah. Um so that is sort of my take on it. Um the movie itself, it, uh, like I said, is set 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, basically, it focuses on kind of four new characters. Um, you've got Poe Dameron, who mm-hmm. is this ace pilot um, who is working with what's called the Resistance, which is like the new rebels. Um, you've got Poe. Oh, sorry, you've got um, Finn, also F- FN. FN1487. Yeah. Um, he is actually a stormtrooper who is, um, when you first meet him, is part of the what's the First Order, which is the new um, Empire. And you, uh, you've you got Rey, who um, is just seems to be this... She's nobody. She's nobody. She's a scavenger on this planet called Jakku. And then finally, you've got um, your baddie, um, which is... Um, uh, I keep on having his... <laughs> His real name in my head, Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren um, who is part of, uh, he is uh, the head of the Knights of Ren, which is your new kind of Sith. So that's who this movie focuses on. Um, your your peeps, your old peeps show up um, uh, throughout. And, and basically it's like how they meet up, who they're fighting. They take down a big thing like a Death Star. Like, you know, it's just... It's slightly formulaic. 
um, but fun. Being very generous. I am? Yes. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> and I have to say, because I did watch it again for this. Yes. It B- is a before, mo- before Last Jedi? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. After, actually after. After Last Jedi. Which I'll back. get to. I'll get okay. to. But um, it's actually better on the second viewing. <laughs> because I think you, I've distanced myself from all the things I wanted it to be. Mm. And I'm just like, it's a movie. It was fun. There's laser swords. Like, that's... Um, good time for me. So, but besides my reaction to it, Jordan, what did you think? Listen, you cannot have any opinion about Star Wars. You're never talking about a movie when you have an opinion about Star Wars. No, you're talking about an entire You're talking about universe. the one of the top three cultural franchises in the world. Yeah. That is what I bristle against. Okay. It's the it's not the band I hate, it's the fans. Sure. Thing. Right. And people like to come for me and throw me on this, like, every time I'm like, like, this is relax. It's just a fucking movie about space pirates. Like, like, let's just relax. They're not, they're not pirates. And fine. what the fuck ever. <laughs> there's, there's swashbuckling. There's some swashbuckling, yeah. Luke swung on a cord in the first movie. That's swashbuckling. There is some swashbuckling. Um, and, like, listen, I don't hate Star Wars. I'm pretty sure the first movie I ever saw in a theater was Return of the Jedi. I'm pretty sure I had, like trading cards like a stack that ran this deep of like return of the jedi trading cards cool. i didn't fuck with the toys or anything i didn't really have like posters or anything but like i saw it it was cool it was these people who like it becomes their religion right and people come for me all the time it was like well no i understand it's like it's not like it's not like the new perfume album coming out you know type of thing listen i understand the argument you're trying to make but it is flawed your argument is flawed because the day I can go out and get a perfume coffee maker and a perfume humidifier and a perfume plunger <laughs> and a perfume roto-rooter and perfume branded, uh, you know, fluorescent light bulbs, like, then we can have that conversation. Right. Star Wars doesn't care about you, fans. They don't. Yeah. Star Wars has a bottom line to me. Okay. Star Wars has to, has a, has a projected budget. On Disney Co.'s balance sheet right. that it has to meet. That's why Star Wars exists anymore. Okay. All right. Let's just just bear that in mind. Okay. So as such, that's why you're looking at Force Awakens. I was like, yeah, it did the job. Yeah. It's fine. I watched the movie. It was fine. Is there anything you liked about it? I liked Ray. I liked Ray as a character. But like, we talk about fan service a lot in relating in relating to anime. I was like, hey, here are some tits and ass. Yeah. For dudes to look at. Fan service as a statement, as a concept, is just a wider thing about things for fans. Yeah. Service for fans. As in this movie. This movie, The Force Awakens is fan service. Yeah. BB-8 rollover and like, and it was, I'll grant, the BB-8's fucking cute as shit. Like, yeah. I'll grant, I'll give it to you. Um, but he runs over and like pulls the tarp off of R2-D2. So everybody can go, oh my God, it's R2-D2. <laughs> this is great. Like, it's a good impression. All my friends are here. Um, the problem is, I don't want all my friends to be there. I like. I don't want to watch The Undertaker try to wrestle anymore. I don't want to watch Harrison Ford. Like this movie should get a best cinematography for <laughs> making Harrison Ford look like he can, you know, trot <laughs> at more than a light pace. Right, dude, seventy. Yeah, kind of don't want to see him running around. <laughs> you, like but you, that. you didn't enjoy the like the the Chewy Han moments. It's fine. You didn't think they were they were funny. Well, it's it's fine. Right. I love Harrison Ford. Okay. I love Harrison Ford. And I love the knowing look in his eye through the entire movie that is like he's already planning the extension on his house he's going to build <laughs> with the check he got from this movie. 
Um, how much more money he asked for after he broke his fucking foot in like the first week of production or yeah. whatever that story was. The movie is fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's it's ticking all the same boxes. Let's have a lightsaber fight. Hey, the Millennium Falcon's here. Hey, there's Han Solo. Yeah. There's there's some X-Wings. What's a first order? No, it doesn't matter. They got stormtroopers. That's all you care about. Yeah. Like, the nothing is explained in this movie mm-hmm. at all. But none of that matters. No. Because you all just want to hang with your friends. Yeah. I don't see this problem. See, I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. It, la, 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 la. it ain't art. It's barely entertainment. Like, I thought it was very entertaining. Um, sure, it's entertaining, but it takes for granted every like what what is exposition? What is plot? What is explaining anything? It just expects you to know. I actually really like that. You're cool with that. I really like that. Zero explanation on what a first order is. Zero explanation on what a knight of Ren is. The first. The first Star Wars movie explains nothing. They don't explain about the Empire. They have some throwaway lines about the Republic. They don't. They they put you right in there. They literally shoot you into the middle of a story. Like even in the text scroll, they gave you a little bit. They gave you a little bit, but so did this. It gave you a little bit from the from the Empire came the First Order. This happens a lot in politics. Is that in our world? You're just like, yeah, okay. So a new something else came up. Who's paying for this? The remnants of the Empire, obvi. God, they I did, just—they did the size comparison between the Death Star and Starkiller Base. Who's paying for this? I do not want someone to sit there and explain to me about that's. This was the problem in the the prequel trilogy. And people this is, hated. This is where this is where the actual hot take comes out. Oh no! Because no. you know what? You know no. what? No, 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 no. You no. know what? And I saw Phantom Menace in a theater and went, no. this, is, this is terrible. I said, this is fucking garbage. Oh, my God. But you know what? No. George had a vision. Not saying it was a good vision. George tried something. Okay. I, okay. That's fine. I, I actually was really terrified. You were just going to be like, these movies were better than maybe vision-wise I, they I were. Don't, but I don't could. think I would ever say that. But I do not want to watch Jake Lloyd, you know. Do the fucking what the hell are those races called? That race, the pod races. Yeah, I don't want to watch Baby Anakin do the pod race for like you know nine hours. Um, but George had a vision. It's the Angley Hulk thing that I've always you know trotted out. Right. Where like people are like, oh my god, that Angley Hulk movie was terrible. It's like yeah, it just didn't have like smashy smashy in it. He tried to do something that wasn't what you expected it to be. Right. Um, I'm not saying it was good, but he tried something. Mm-hmm. That prequel trilogy was definitely not what people no. wanted it to be. This yeah. movie is everything they wanted it to be. Yeah. And well, some people, because there it was a super divided, right? Half of the people were like, this movie was awesome and a lot of fun. I really loved it. And half of the people were like, this is, I hate everything about this. I hate everything about this movie. People are fucking near my apartment, y'all. You can't say that on the microphone. Why not? Because people don't want to know about the other people having sex in your building. Was it though? Yeah, it was. It was super divided. I'm surprised if I look if I were to look up um, Force Awakens, I'm pretty sure it would have like 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, this is the funny thing, because if you look at like the like, you know, audience score, even for Last Jedi. Yeah, it's like the audience score on Justice League is like 80 percent. The audience score on Last Jedi is like 50 percent. Yeah, because listen, there ain't nothing. I said this on Twitter. There's nothing worse I can say about Star Wars that hasn't already been said by a Star Wars fan. Like, yeah. Yeah, just like there are just people who hate it for the fact that they've gone like more multicultural and different with it. And there are people who hate it because it's too like 
what was done before. It's you can't win. Which I'll I mean, I'll give that. It's basically like it's ticking boxes. Um I do like I like Ray as a character. Finn struck me as a prop. Right. He struck me as a stunt. Okay. Like, Look everybody, a black stormtrooper. You didn't really have much to do after that. Mm-hmm. Um and I know they were trying to like, you know, and the great mind you, I might be just affected by the like living in this culture and just having a general knowledge but like you're trying to make me like guess who's actually got you know like who's one with the force and who's going to be whipping that lightsaber around because you have finn try to stave off kylo ren in the last bit of the movie i was pretty sure it was i i I, see i never there was no guessing for me like you could tell who it was i feel like they were trying to make it like oh my god it could be finn it could be right it's clearly it's it's clearly right it's obviously uh kylo ren was as awful as as villain as i was as memes and parodies suggested he was yeah. back when this came out. Oh my God. Emo boy. Just it's so good. Get it together. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was fine. It's like a seven. Really? And a six. Oh fuck. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Can't stand to see you happy. It's a six. Um, but no one cares about that. Let's it- find, let's find out how this, <laughs> how this stacks up. With the recently released next episode in the Skywalker saga, when last we closed the the what is what is that pan called? When last we wiped the screen right. on Star Wars Force Awakens, Ray had arrived at Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Handing him over the lightsaber, and Luke Skywalker's face said a million things, but we never heard him speak. Nope. Picked up in The Last Jedi, released this weekend, seen by Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Last exit. You have to leave if you if you haven't seen it. You really got to leave because I am about to like spoil like immediately She's that scene. Going in, Kate. What yeah. did we think of Last Jedi? Um, let me put it this way. So Ray, you don't care if I spoil. We've already talked about this. I've already Not read a, like okay. five articles. So Ray hands Luke the lightsaber. Yep. And Luke throws the lightsaber away. Fuck this, he says. Yeah, he's just like fuck it. No, not doing this. And then drinks weird green milk out of the tit of some <laughs> giant alien. Like this actually happens. Oh my god, I would have loved to have been in a room of fanboys on on opening weekend just so, to see Luke like go with your lightsaber D's nuts and throw that thing over <laughs> his shoulder. So, um, uh, there are two things that um, the Last Jedi made me want to do. One was to watch the Last Jedi again because. A lot of people have asked me, because I know I'm a huge fan, um, what I thought. And I don't know yet, completely. Mm. Um, and then the second thing was it made me want to watch The Force Awakens. Which is a good thing, in this case. The characters that they introduced in The Force Awakens are, are now getting their own kind of foothold. Um, and the character development was fantastic. Mm. It really was. It was great. Um, Still, Red Finn's story could have been taken out of the movie, and nobody would care. Hey, you know what? I like the character of Finn. I think he had—he's like a part of like the heart, right, of the story. Yeah, possibly. I just think that um, this is what see. This is what frustrates me. Star Wars has always been silly and ridiculous, right? So when people are no, like, "It's serious, Caitlin," I have to give this to my children. They have to love it as much as I do. It's it's 
but people get so like that's ridiculous and that why did that happen and why did they do this um and i want to be like because this is star wars and star wars has always been silly there was a trash monster <laughs> like it was a puppet like do you people yoda was a grand ma- like there were cannibalistic walking chipmunks okay so the quick takes for last jedi that yeah. i've seen yes is that whereas force awakens got shit on for being for playing it too safe yeah which i mean this is what jj abrams does jj abrams is the king of fan service he's mm-hmm. just gonna go out there and be like you know look everybody the millennium falcon yeah um ryan johnson got his hands on it and said you know what yeah burn the motherfucker down yeah like and just takes everything most things that fanboys hold sacred about star wars and just kind of like chucks it or changes it or like the reveal of Ray's parentage. Which was amazing. That I was hoping for that. Mm. What at least um the Last Jedi did was all the stuff that I was worried about and senior correspondent were worried about, he didn't do that. Doesn't Leia like fly at one point? Like Well she we've always known that she he, he, has people doing shit with the force that apparently the fanboys are like that's not canon which that's not true there's tons of stuff that's canon that the force can do because the force force isn't like a it's not a um a law of physics right like it's not like they're bending the, the this this tight law there's all kinds of the stuff that the force can do absolutely it's, it's jesus basically yeah <laughs> obvi like have you said you watched the prequel trilogy it's basically he was Jesus. He's a he's a carpenter. He's a son of a carpenter. Um. So there's that was all great. Um. The fact Ray's parentage she she is nobody, which is great because that changes. It changes what people think of as being like, oh, they have to be a Skywalker or but, they have to be a Kenobi. But midichlorians. Oh fuck you, midichlorians. Um. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. Um, and that was great. Like I said, character development was great. They were setting up one of the big end reveals all through the film, which I thought was great. Um, which was what? It was the fact of um, astral projection. Mm. They they set it up between Kylo and Rey the entire time. Um, and then when Luke does it. Oh, yeah. Luke just ends up having like a brain battle or something. Like, no. You he, think he dies, but he's like still on the island. Like, Well, he's... He, he, um, Astro projects himself to face Kylo. Yes. Um, and there's a whole bunch of clues about this. And and then when you realize, like, he was never there. Um, and there are some great moments. And again, there's some silliness. Now, sometimes I thought the silly, silliness was like, this is the wrong time for this silliness. Shut up, porgs. Uh, oh, no. The porgs were amazing. <laughs> like, the scenes with the porgs were fantastic. Um, but the, I just... People who are like, no, it needs to be like this serious. I'm like, it's a space opera. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to be serious at all. And that's what I like. Again, entertaining, right? I really want to rewatch this movie. Um, I did like the character development. I liked all the characters. Um, Kylo gets a bit better. Um, Is he still moping? Oh, yeah. That's his whole character. <laughs> it's like Mope. Mopey McMope. Um, but he does get better. And... and then he cuts Snoke in half and like... But that was also footing. but that's also really well done. And he like totally you can tell is becoming like more and more unhinged, um, which is great. And yeah. I just I really liked it. It was good. Well there you go. Yeah. It was good. 
I liked it. No, I look forward to seeing it in 2025. When yeah. I finally get it. When I, or I finally give it to you. And Ryan Johnson is like making his like, you know, how do you feel about JJ taking the reins again though? I don't like it. Not fan? No, <laughs> I don't like it at all. Cause yeah, it's, this is the playground he's been left with now. Yeah. It's probably going to, and he's getting the, the resolution, the hopeful one, you know, everybody wins one. Well, yeah, of course it's Star Wars. Well, and yeah, it's a three art, it's a three act play. So, yeah. you know, the middle one, everybody loves Empire cause it's the one where the bad guys, where the good guys lose. Yeah. Well, at the end of this one, what I liked is that the resistance is in tatters. Mm. There's like no one left. Yeah. Luke's That's what it should be gone. Um, Han, obviously gone. Um, uh, Leia, no, Leia's getting written out. Well, Leia is, has already handed over the reins. Mm. Um, Poe, I'm sorry. And, uh, Kylo Ren is like super unhinged. Um, and they're like, they don't have any ships. They like, like, what the fuck are they going to do? That's what. They made ships in the first place. They rolled up their like major attack on fucking Starkiller base was like nine ships. I'm like, what are you doing with that? Yeah. Like, yeah, they've got very little. Um, so it's basically in tatters, um, which is kind of right. That's the middle of the, of the play. Everyone's together now at the end of this movie, but you don't know where they're going to go from here. Yeah. Um, there are obviously issues. Is Ray going to go, who's she going to get trained by? Are we going to see Luke's force ghost, um, and help? Is he going to help her like Ben helped him? Um, one of the best cameos for sure was Yoda. Mm. Like as a puppet again, which is great. Respect puppet Yoda. Yeah. Um, did you check credits? Did Frank Oz do the voice? It would make me really happy. If he did. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he did. God damn it. He probably did. I would be surprised if they got somebody else. Well, I mean, he doesn't do every. He wasn't like doing the Clone Wars and shit. But sometimes for these, he uh, he come he reemerges. Um, but yeah, it was that was great. Um, yeah, and I did like the unexpected Luke thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, and then in like you know, twenty twenty one or whatever. Whenever the episode fucking ten, eight nine ten. That's what these are. No nine. Right. I've been mean, calling by the wrong numbers the entire ep- episode. Really? Yeah. I thought we said seven and eight. Nope. We said eight and nine. Oh. Well, whenever a nine comes out and J.J. Abrams will just put all the playing pieces back on the board again and, you know, then bring back a CGI, you know, virile Han Solo ghost for y'all to play with. And but he, he wouldn't be a Force ghost. The, the Force isn't everyone now, though. Yeah. but No, the no, Force has always been. Maybe he just found the Force after he fell off no, that. As he thing. said... That's not how the force works. So he knows how the force works. Yeah. yeah. And not like this. So he can just be, come back and be a ghost. And no. him, him and Chewie can have adventures forever, which is what you people want. No. That's what you want. No. I want Chewie to go back home. Just leave all my toys like I had them in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, in the aughts. Don't clump me, clump me in with these people. <laughs> it's not what I want. Just what they want. And then, then, you know, you pop out a kid for the sole purpose of, you know, passing your Star Wars love onto them. No, knowing knowing me, my kids. If I'm this big of a geek, they're gonna be like super into sports. Oh yeah, I just really want all these kids to like be cool with it now, and then get really into like SoundCloud rappers. By yeah, like by like age twelve. Exactly. Want pink dreadlocks. Rest in peace, little peep. <laughs> well. Well. Time to take our leave. Happy holidays, y'all. Yeah. As said previously on the show, we'll be back next week. No weeks off for the geek down. We'll be back next week, running down our tops. 
our uh, it's the it's the end of the year wrap up. It's our stuffs we liked best. Yep, and something we hated. Something we hated. Uh, not gonna lie, it's real difficult this year. Yeah, much harder this well, year. Well, I have hard. It's harder for me for different reasons. Uh, well, you get into that next week. Yeah, when you come back and listen to that, friends. As said at the top, if you would like to send us holiday tidings, we would love to hear them. You can do that on Twitter, at GeekDownPod, on Instagram, at GeekDownPod. You can email them to us. You can, at our Gmail, which is GeekDownPod at gmail.com. Yep, or you can leave us uh, festive holiday messages on our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. And if you would like to leave us a little uh, festive tiding to start 2018 off right, you can learn how to do that at our Patreon campaign, which is patreon.com slash GeekDownPod. All that information is there for y'all. And then, yeah, uh, best of next week and the week after that. It's the 100th episode. It's the 100th episode. Aren't you excited? Meh. You seem so excited. Meh. Look how excited he is. (laughs) (laughs) Check back next week for details on what that will entail as soon as Caitlin and I decide what they are in the 15-minute break we take between recording this episode and the next episode. Because, again, no breaks. No breaks. No break. So we got to get on that, which means we got to get out of here. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Theme songs by Rob Gasser, and we will be back next week for another fantastic closeout to the year 2017 on the Geek Down Podcast. See you then. Maybe I've never seen Christmas Vacation. This podcast is canceled. <laughs> this is what's done it. This. We are. Forget this episode. <laughs> Putting this shit on pause. Is it on Netflix? We're just going to watch it right now.